2: This is the Rich Eisen Show. First things up, because uh, Stan Kroenke owns the Nuggets. Are you? Were you mandated to root for the Rams in the Super Bowl, <laughs> Coach Malone? Yeah.
3: Hey, I'm, I'm a good company man, Rich. Okay. And, uh, you know, I, I was definitely rooting for the Rams, Arsenal, Avalanche, and the, and the Nuggets. I'm all for. That's right. So
2: there's an I and Michael, but you are a team player. The Rich Eisen Show. With guest host Ryan Leaf. Earlier on the show, MMQB columnist and former Packers executive, Andrew Brandt. Coming up, Rich Eisen checks in from the NFL Combine. And now, it's Ryan Leaf.
4: Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich alongside TJ Jefferson, and Mr. Jason Feller, on the ones and twos. Chris Brockman playing the hot corner over there, as always. Uh, as you may uh, see. If you're watching this on TV or, or here, if you're listening this to this on the radio airwaves, I am not Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen, in fact, is in Indianapolis. And the reason he's there, of course, is to work for NFL Network around the the NFL Combine. But there was something else in the mix. Uh, a Mike McDaniel, Rich Eisen, conspiracy, maybe? What, could you call it conspiracy? Well, they were working together to try something out. Yeah coaches use cliches but rich has never seen the holy trinity ever happen in one press conference where three have been used this happened a little while ago and here's how it went down
3: let's not forget like it is what it is you know i i i honestly me personally i don't have a crystal ball you know, but really the only guys I can talk about
2: are the players that are here today. Yes, excuse me, pardon me.
3: <laughs>
4: oh, hey, didn't see
0: it. <laughs> Boom.
2: Out boy. Triple play. There was four.
1: That was amazing all right joining <laughs> us now
4: live from indianapolis on the mercedes-benz vans phone line is the host of this show and apparently comedian extraordinaire rich eisen rich how we doing
5: well gents uh i'm basking in the globe <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm celebrating by um soaking in the uh, adoration of the crowd by sitting on a parking bench around the corner from the home of the pacers Sitting here by myself on an empty street at two o'clock in the afternoon, like a total weirdo. But
1: (laughs) send us a picture. Other than that,
5: guys, you know I've been chasing that white whale for a while, yeah. And it's finally done. I Brockman, as I told you, Mm -hmm. you have to help me out after the Red Sox won. You kind of had no more purpose on that front. Mm -hmm. Where do we go from here, guys? That's basically what I'm saying. Is where
3: do we go from here?
0: Well, Rich, the next move obviously is to get you on the competition committee. So uh-huh. That's true. We just have to take it one day at a time. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what the future is going to hold for you. Uh, I can only can control battle. what I can control. Uh, hope Not for the best because obviously it is what it is.
4: I know what's well, his, he, I know what his future is. He, he he. He's hit the he's hit the pinnacle. Right there's nothing yeah. there's nothing have, more to achieve here. Just hand nothing. the baton. You got a guy right here, Rich. Just hand the baton. Mm. I got. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll take it from here. Hey, quick question. What was mm. the question asked? Mike McDaniel in that Ah, moment that ultimately got him to Uh, use your cliches.
5: Here's the way it went down, guys. Uh, He came out um, and um, answered questions seriously and a couple of times had opportunities to go in that direction. It didn't. At at one point, um, he talked about, uh, I guess somebody asked about Mike Gasicki signing in free agency. As you know, he's one of the top free agents available, if not certainly at the position of tight end. Had a total opportunity there to say he didn't have a crystal ball. Didn't. Um, talked at one point about something being what it is. Um, and I'm like, uh-oh. Especially when at one point he talked about, um, you know, needing to have a certain foundation and how, you know, if things don't go a certain way, that's the way that you wind up losing your hair. And I thought, like, that was a shot in my direction. But, you know, certainly since I thought it was all about me today. Um, and then the last question was asked of him about Xavier Howard and how he's going to come back to the team and what's the plan and all of that. And before that question was asked, the PR person for the Dolphins who was there, she says, last question, everybody. i got to be honest with you, I got nervous. I thought that he might have forgotten. He showed up with no notes in front of him, Ooh. which got me a little bit nervous that he didn't have it in front of him that he committed it to memory, and um, so he was asked about Xavier Howard. He gave a serious response to it, and then finished up with that.
4: Did finished he? Up with that. Was there And
5: that was the walk-off. It was the walk-off. It was the walk-off answer.
4: Was there eye contact, maybe, between you and him that kind of spurred I don't know,
5: that? I do About two questions before it was asked by someone who was directly in front of me, um, and I think that's perhaps where he spied me for the first time, knowing that I was honoring my end of the commitment, <laughs> that if I was in Indianapolis, I would be there. Uh, and I was. And then he gave his answer. Uh, I was about three rows removed from the sort of, I guess, the, the barrier is one of those things like, you know, that you have in an airport, you know, with the where, where – you have to lift.
4: Yeah, the retractable kind of flimsy. Flimsy velvet rope.
5: Yeah, you had to lift that quote-unquote belt. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to do that. Couldn't do it. Then I just went underneath. Went and high-fived him and thought, like, you know, it would be awkward if I stuck around. <laughs> um, he said, Boom as we high-fived, which I thought was a nice touch on this part. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, um, he then turned around and told me he did all four of them. And he did say something about controlling what you can control um, about a couple of lines before he finished up strong. So, guys, he's a man of his word. Amazing. Did it. My dream has been fulfilled. And... Um,
4: I don't know what else to do. What What was the response from from your your peers there that oh, you were around? I mean, were, complete, were they confused? Uh, Ryan, total complete bewilderment. Yeah. Total
5: <laughs> complete.
1: yeah, there was a woman that Rich like
5: what? Yeah, you could see some of the videos that are out there. They're they're wondering what has just happened. <laughs> why Why is the guy from NFL Network screaming yes and high fiving a coach at the end of his press conference? There were a couple people there who were in the know. Uh, if they weren't in the know, the fact that NFL Network uh, team man, the great Mark Titleman, who is the producer of our Combine coverage, saw this interview the other day. I was mic'd up. There was a camera on me. It's a production now, guys. It's called content <laughs> creation. And um, they're putting a little piece together. Well, you're an on, influencer, Rich Eisen. On this. You know, I, I, look. Look, uh, I, I just try to make dreams come true <laughs> for myself, um, and I've been talking about this, these coaching cliches for quite some time, because coaches, I don't know why they would even assume that we thought they had a crystal ball. <laughs> um, we all know that like they're wizards in life, or something. Yes, like everything in life, anything in any endeavor can be boiled down to whatever we're talking about is what it is, right? I mean, it's not just football. It's any endeavor in life. This this conversation is what it is. I hope it is entertaining and even slightly informative. I mean, but it is what it is. And then, really, the only thing that we can control in our lives is what we can control. And um, the fact that a coach prompted – With this information, use them all in the same sentence. That was his raising of the stakes, not mine or ours. It's great, Ryan. I don't know what else to say other than um, it's a crowning achievement day, and I'm glad that we can all share it together.
4: I I am too. I I feel a part of something, you know, and I rarely feel a part of something. So you you've done another another (laughs) service for me. All right. So thank you, thank you very much. Hey, the honeymoon period for. for new coaches, yeah. right? It, it's it's a big deal, right? I mean, Robert Sala and what that looked like a year ago. You were, know, you know, Dan Campbell and what it led up to the season, and then you know, reality season ha- happened. So the Mike McDaniel honeymoon period has been rather interesting and fun here wow. for the first month or He's so. He's Just an interesting guy, man. And, and I mean, before all that,
5: somebody asked him about finding, you know, a Debo Samuel for his offense. Right?
3: Yeah.
4: And his answer was,
5: yes, uh, I, I intend to get as many first team all pro players as I possibly can get. That was his answer. And he goes, I think it's important for my coaching success <laughs> to have as many first team all pro players as I possibly can get. I mean, he's funny and he's whip smart, and obviously it's just all going to come down to. What happens in the crucible of a game and game day and leaders, leading men in the locker room and and all sorts of stuff and you know or how he'll handle it at some point in time if you know the owner decides to give him six figures to, to tank like the previous coach that he did. Oh, but, oh, that is um, something. I, I got to tell you, nobody brought that up today, and that's part of why I think he's such an important hire is because he's so fascinating in his own right and so interesting in his own way and has such a unique way of talking and communicating and being so chill while being very cerebral at the same time and also seemingly in full command of what he wants to execute and what he needs in terms of a roster and also in terms of support to execute it that it's just going to be fascinating to watch, certainly since he goes up against Belichick twice a year and um, and the team that we all think is a team to beat potentially in the AFC coming up this season with a generationally brilliant quarterback in, in Josh Allen. So I, I think he's clearly in a, a unique spot here. Um, and And, you know, the honeymoon should be a fun ride, to say the least. And it's interesting enough, the guy who was at the podium next to him who might have been mystified by my presence and high-fiving and booms and all that stuff was Pete Carroll talking at the same time about Seattle having no intention of trading Russell Wilson as you've got a coach who's towards the back, if you will, nine of his career and also what he plans to do with his quarterback, which is nothing. Um, and And, you know, that's the backdrop to everything this week as we watch the current prospects and future stars of the game, you know, perform or participate or however you want to describe it, and whatever else is going on behind the scenes with veteran quarterbacks in that carousel that that spins in one way or another. Once Aaron Rodgers makes the
4: decision, right? The the quarterback conversation did was Coach McDaniel asked a question around that around you know what the mandate was when it came to Tua. Yeah. He,
5: he said essentially that they're looking for a quarterback, a third one, because they only have two on the roster, and that no team he knows of has just two quarterbacks, and he said they're going to find a veteran quarterback and the best one that they could find. That was that was his I mean, I, there was no question about Tua being his guy moving forward. And then the guy who took that spot at the podium next was Howie Roseman, the uh, grocery shopper, if you will, or executive in charge of the roster in Philadelphia, and he reiterated it's Jalen Hurts' gig and says Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. Somebody mentioned the name Deshaun Watson to him. His answer was Jalen Hurts is our quarterback.
4: Much different different than Chris Ballard and the hierarchy with Indianapolis a day ago. No question.
5: Well, there's no doubt about that, but the interesting thing about, you know, whether the Colts are going to stick with Wentz and what, you know, their moves might be, uh, I would proper to say they are one of those sleeper teams for Aaron Rodgers, I would think, um, if Rodgers would be interested in doing that. you know, And if he's interested potentially in taking the Peyton Manning way to finish his career, which is go to Denver, perhaps he takes the Peyton Manning way to finish his career the way that Peyton started it and come to this town, where there is a seemingly ready-made team to win in a dome in a conference that one would think, you know, the Packers would want to send him to. Um, so that, that, that's a potential backdrop to what Chris Ballard had to say and a potential backdrop to what Howie Roseman had to say. The man has three first-round selections because of the Carson Wentz trade that went down. Um, so uh, there's really, you know, a, a sense about what things are in terms of a snapshot right now and how things can change in the next three weeks because the new league year begins three weeks from today. Right. Uh, on the, on the 18th of March. And, um, so we'll see, you know, or it's the 16th of March, pardon me, so that's two weeks from today, actually. So it, it's, it's right around the corner and decisions need to get made and plans need to be, uh, pulled out of a drawer and executed or pulled out of a drawer and thrown away. And, um, that's part of the fascinating backdrop here, you know. And tonight <laughs> this is the first time I'm going to drop myself into the community of agents and, you know, uh, uh, newsmakers and tastemakers and all of that stuff, and uh, and put my ear to the ground and see what I can see what whispers i can pick up because they're all over this town right now
4: before before we had you on we were in 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 serious uh conversations uh about me becoming the uh, thursday night amazon uh, color commentator and so your job tonight is to uh put out that vibe okay just put that vibe out
5: i think Uh, you just did it i mean i think you just did it (laughs) you know um have you been on the bezos rocket have you been on that?
4: I haven't yet. Um, I'm willing to. I'm willing to fly to space to do that job. Just putting that out there. That's about okay. work ethic here, everybody. Work ethic. Okay. Okay? Sounds, sounds um, good, okay. Tomorrow, since tonight will be your first opportunity to intermingle and kind of get the nuance. Uh, I, I look forward to hearing uh, some real inside baseball tomorrow from your time tonight with all those insiders.
5: I will do it. I will be back on the show tomorrow. And uh, guys, we did it. Yes. We did it today. Yes. we did it. Really, it's, it's for all of us, right? This We've is an accomplishment drive. right
4: up there with being drafted second overall, Rich. It really is.
5: I no, mean, I'm talking about you know Brockman and TJ and those guys have been around me,
4: knowing about my dream. No, Brockman it is for me too. Else. This is what I. This is how I feel. I'm just letting you know how how meaningful this it. was for me too. I'm Rich, I'm I not actually not wrote so
1: down good. in a in a notebook here from December the third, 2020, when you gave us those three traits, and you really were like, I want a coach to say it. So I wrote it down to mark the occasion, and two years later,
4: less than two years, you made it happen. That's manifesting destiny, everybody. That's what that is. That's what that is.
1: It's
5: what (laughs) when Mike McDaniel came on the show the other day, he talked about his origin, 2005, being a coaching intern for Mike Shanahan. That day built up to today, guys. It's all meant to be.
1: All meant to to be. Rich, I'm just really glad that security didn't uh, tackle you as you <laughs> broke through the barricade like that, uh, yeah, heading broke, towards an I NFL broke, coach.
5: I, I broke several protocols. Several <laughs> protocols. Well done, span, well I mean, done, sir. Honestly, well done. Honestly, I mean, just in terms of professionalism, um, you know, shoving members of the media out of the way,
1: sort
5: of, sort of like Trump did to the poor president of Montenegro years ago. You remember that? Rolled right up to the front shoved people out of the way, went underneath a rope, jumped up in the middle of a press conference, Pete Carroll's to my right, John Robinson of the Titans to my left, and I just jumped right in there and high-fived an NFL head coach because he did something totally silly, and I love it. Today's a great day. <laughs> Today is a great day.
4: Take that Rich day out, Eisen, buddy. everybody, joining us from Indianapolis on the Mercedes-Benz Vance phone line. Thanks for having uh, for having me, and thanks for being on the show, Cheer Rich. Up,
5: brother. No, I, I'll speak to you tomorrow, guys. Take all, you all, tomorrow. all right, Rich. Be good.
4: All right, host of the Rich Eisen Show, Rich Eisen, joining us from Indianapolis. Could you um, imagine if security just ran in like speared Rich like Goldberg? Him. Like uh, <laughs> Terry Crews him, or what is it? Terry, what oh, it? Terry Tate, Terry, office, Terry, linebacker. Him office linebacker, linebacker <laughs> just smoked him. And then everybody's just like going, yeah, that's what you get. That's <laughs> what you get for making a mockery of our press conference here. <laughs> if,
1: rich, if Rich would have got speared <laughs> like Roman Reigns just came out of the crowd and blasted him, that would have been amazing.
4: <laughs> and, and Mike McDaniel, though he was a part of it, he may have some words with NFL security when it's done, like, hey, how'd you let that guy get so close to me? That could yeah. How you letting these these, these, these crazies these get so close to me, right? I mean I'm trying to do a job here. Um And he really he literally said boom at the impact yeah, of the high five. Daniel, boom, well, I, mean, I think off. that's, you know, that's it amazing. That, that's an appropriate it's on their Twitter behavior. page if everyone Appropriate response to and inappropriate behavior right there um, by Rich Eisen and, and Mike McDaniel. a couple Daniel. of grown men doing silly things for themselves. <laughs> and I think that's what keeps us all young. Yeah. You know, doing silly things. Of course. You know, childish things. Haven't we been doing that for two plus hours today? <laughs> Indeed we have. Indeed we have. All right. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But first... More Callaway for you. When Callaway engineered Chrome Soft to be the best tour ball, it didn't just make the best players better. It made everyone better. Has it made you better, Brockman? Oh, no
0: doubt about it.
4: Yeah, me too. Men, women, first-time major winners, repeat major winners, club champions, business golfers. The Chrome Soft family has the best tour performance for every type of performance. Starting with the regular ChromeSoft, which is designed for the widest range of golfers who want better feel, more distance, and incredible forgiveness. But for better players looking for more workability, ChromeSoft X provides excellent spin consistency and tour-level short game control. Finally, ChromeSoft XLS gives you a lower-spin golf ball on longer shots, firmer feel, but still with high spin around the greens. And now, every Chrome Soft is enhanced with precision technology, which uses design techniques and manufacturing specifications up to one one thousandth of an inch. This ensures that there are highest quality, most consistent, fastest golf balls possible. When you add it all up, it's pretty simple, guys. Chrome Soft is better for the best and better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you at slash Chrome Soft. When we come back, We'll recap what Rich Eisen's doing there on The Rich Eisen Show.
2: Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O-O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
4: Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ryan Lee filling in for Rich. We just got off the phone with him uh, talking about <laughs> the Holy Trinity, the triple play, as he like to say. Coach's cliches. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. Is <laughs> is what it is. And I can't control what I can't control, or vice versa. I I can only control what I can control. Uh, and he got it done, right? And uh, pinnacle of his career, he said, which you know has, is pretty high because he's done he's done some he's done decent for himself. I mean, Rich has done
0: pretty much everything, but this was one of the last things on his bucket list to get a coach to do this. He has
4: done everything. He's done everything and got paid handsomely for it. <laughs> uh, uh, he draft day has paid him. Twenty-two cents. <laughs> He's rich. Yep. CSI Miami Deep Freeze. A dollar ninety-five for that. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. That was fun to see. It was fun to have him. Uh, again, I'm Ryan Leaf. I'm here hosting the Rich Eisen Show today. While Rich is in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, alongside TJ Jefferson, uh, Jason Feller, and hey, Chris up? Brockman, uh, joining me, making this uh, the most enjoyable uh, three hours of my life. Um, when I get to do this, uh, very, very fun. Um, a couple things he said and some audio that we pulled uh, during Rich's uh, appearance here last segment. He talked about being right next to Pete Carroll, mm-hmm. Pete Carroll, the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And he had uh, some interesting things to say about what his situation is with his quarterback.
3: You know, there's conversations about everybody. We talk about everybody. And that's commonplace for us to have conversations with teams about all of the players, particularly marquee players. And that's not changed. It's been the same every year we've been there. So it's the same as it's been. We have no intention of making any move there. Uh, But the conversations, John has to feel those he always has. Uh, But nothing specific to to player.
4: I mean, I would expect that answer. Uh, Right. Yeah, me too. You know, fielding the calls is still something different than Brian Goonkuns, who said no one's called. We haven't fielded one call about Aaron Rodgers. So clearly, there's been interest from outside it. If P. Carroll is talking about that, or maybe he's just positioning himself in a in a in a space that that makes p- people believe that people are interested in in Russell Wilson. But from Rich's standpoint and what he said, it, it sounded really like uh, they're set with. With uh, Russell Wilson, he's under contract. They uh, are going to try to field the best possible football team they can and try to get this thing righted because I don't think there's going to be much of a change, especially in the hierarchy of what the Seattle Seahawks are doing, no matter what the fan base or the media around the Pacific Northwest feel about this situation.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Brian Gutekunst for a second. We talked about that yesterday where he said he hasn't taken any calls about trade inquiries for Aaron Rodgers. Do you believe him?
4: I don't believe him. There has to be some. I mean, don't forget John Lynch called the New England Patriots and asked for Tom Brady. So, I mean, every time exactly. there's, a, there's a question <laughs> right. that could be asked, right? I mean, there's right. a buddy of his. It, it may be, maybe not at the, at the combine now uh, at one of those get togethers Rich was talking about tonight in the hotel lobby. Somebody walks up to Brian and says gently in his ear. I've got three first-round picks. Yeah, hey,
0: hey,
1: um, I'm. I hey. to bet someone asked the Packers about Rodgers after they won the Super Bowl, and yet you're going to tell me they didn't ask about him now? Like, come on, right? That's that's highly that unlikely.
0: So silly, especially what was, when the Eagles, Howie
4: Roseman, has three. That's first exactly round what pick. I, you know, and he's a well, Jalen Hurts is a guy. There. Please don't go there. You could have Aaron Rodgers um, instead of Jalen Hurts next year at quarterback for Philly. Oh, what what what? I prefer your fans. to keep
1: Aaron Rodgers out of my division. Fly, Eagles,
4: fly. What do you feel about that? I I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an Eagles fan. So I, I. it sounds like that would be, you could get a two-time MVP. Three-time, three-time MVP? Four, four-time MVP. Four-time MVP. Yeah. Okay. Back-to-back don't MVP, Don't shortchange though. him, Ryan. Yeah, I shouldn't shortchange him. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I was <laughs> thinking about the the back-to-back years. Andrew Brandt was on earlier, too, talking about that, right? Did the Green Bay Packers expect that Aaron Rodgers, after drafting Jordan Love in the first round and moving up to get him, would go out and have consecutive MVP seasons? I mean, that had to... I, I, I don't know. I mean, what? You, you can't fault them having a quarterback that they drafted and developed and turned into a four-time MVP, right? I mean, that's great stuff, but you, know, you got a quarterback that you took in the first round that has just been sitting there and most likely... The way you want it to be, sit there for another season at least, and allow Aaron Rodgers to chase another another ring. What does that What does that look like? Um, speaking to general managers, uh, general manager for the Tennessee Titans, John Robinson, he was at the podium as well, and he kind of got uh, choked up a little bit uh, around the meaningness. Um, how meaningful it was to be part of this Tennessee Titans organization a year this last year.
1: The trust that
4: ownership has put in me. Our fans. And I mean that stadium was rocking now,
3: and you can only imagine what it would have been like
4: the next one. So, pretty long list of stuff that I got to be better at. Mm. That's a powerful wow. Hmm people who are invested who have purpose right when you are incredibly purposeful in your job and what you do that's the type of emotion that can come from it um or at least it should be if it's not then then you know the passion around the purpose is maybe misdirected but um the understanding of what they had put together there. uh in in nashville right to be the number one overall seed to have that place rocking like it was uh and then to hear his voice and the accountability to end it there right the accountability of like there's many areas i need to get better and the faith and the trust of the organization ownership and the fans has been incredibly meaningful that was that's powerful i mean you know people who aren't invested in football like, like he is and the job that he's in may not understand what that looks like. Um, I don't work in that field, but I do have the same type of reaction around support from others because it's been hugely beneficial in where I'm at right now, right? I'm nowhere without the support of so many people over the last seven years of my life, right? Everybody in this room, like I do this from time to time because at some point I'm, I'm, you know, my partner and I are going to get married. I do believe that. Um, and I think about like, you know, who's going to be my groomsman and everybody just jumps to like, you know, you you got brothers, so your brothers are there. But when you're 45 years old, it's not the same impulsive nature. It's about the people who have your back no matter what, like, and my brothers are those those people, too. They've always been those people. But on a day-to-day basis and hearing him speak about, you know, third-party individuals and when I'm speaking about fans and then to ownership around his decision-making and the faith and trust, I think is, is, is impactful, right? I mean, he, he, he picked Isaiah Wilson a couple years ago in the first round of the NFL draft. And that's a big conversation starter around what that could have been and how that could have been different right so that's that's impactful and it was it was very interesting to see because uh, we don't necessarily always see that we don't see that vulnerability and transparency from from people in those positions because it seems so what's the word i'm looking for um serene or um uh, disinfected right financially uh, situated in all those, this, this, the cap, the numbers, all these things, assets, um, just being able to be batted around. So that was, that was uh, um, eye-opening and heartfelt uh, to see in here through that process. Um, when we come back, I want to, um, uh, I want to get into um, who else you may think. If you're a fan, right? If you're a fan and you can make your pick for a quarterback right now, um, who would it be, right? You take a guy that's got one year, two years, Aaron Rodgers. Um, You know, would you go the mercenary route? Would you go get a Matthew Stafford one one year if it means you win a championship in that one season? I want to know if you're a fan of what team, if you guys could do that this year, who would that be, all right? When we come back, You're listening to the Rich Eisen Show. Um, And we'll be right back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time
2: tickets All the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code R-I-C-H for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung.
4: Back to the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Lee, filling in for Rich for the next couple days as he's in Indianapolis covering the NFL Combine uh, alongside T.J. Jefferson, hey, Jason Feller, hey. and Chris Brockman. Hootie hoo Hootie hoo um, <laughs> The uh, interesting thing about quarterbacks uh, is always from the fan base, who they want, who's not doing enough, uh, and we have a caller... Uh, online right now that wants to talk a little bit about that
0: on one nate in los angeles what's up brother nate are you there
3: no back in the day and uh, had a few fun stories um, of of uh, going against you in high school
4: start that start that over we, we, our audience missed the beginning of that start your start your comment over i want to hear about this too
3: yeah, so I, I played against you in high school. Uh, similar size, six six. I went to Big Sky. You were at CMR. Played against you in football and basketball. Um, you guys beat us uh, junior year to go to state championship for football. We beat you guys senior year. I had you sacked. I had my arms wrapped around you. Had you going down. Got up. You said, "Get off me, Sill." I looked up, you'd thrown a 60-yard bomb into the end zone. And I was like, <laughs> you've got to be kidding me. Right? And so we ended up beating you guys, though. And the next day in the paper, you said, man, four years from now, this game doesn't matter. I'll be in the NFL. These guys will be picking rocks.
4: Picking rocks. And I so, wondered where that comment came from. I don't remember saying that, but that makes sense now.
3: Yeah, and it was in the paper. And so then at basketball state, you guys were playing Sentinel, and we were all like,
4: rock picker. We're going to kick God. your butt. That you makes okay. so much sense now.
3: Yeah. And then and then the other thing I remember is we were at the Radisson, which is an all-senior basketball tournament, and I'm like three guys behind you, and uh, you go up to do your dunk, and you did a between-the-legs reverse dunk, and you shattered the backboard. And what? And I'm sitting there going, well, my 360 is going to look terrible in a half hour when they uh, get that thing fixed. <laughs> and so – you know uh what I will say though is the uh the dunk competition you had against J.R. Campbell, I don't know if you want to recount that one, which you did and then what he did, but uh that was a pretty fun fun one as well and that was up at the highline right
4: yeah, yeah, that was yeah, up on the high had a kid
3: and then, and then he pulled out three kids and did a three sixty over
4: them. yeah yeah was yeah I was I was a youngster, you know I had to learn I had to learn um uh thanks for your call man, yeah, you live in Los Angeles now, huh,
3: yeah. Yeah, I'm in the Pasadena area.
4: Nice, nice. That's not too far from me. Uh, I appreciate you calling. I'm going to give, keep listening. I'm going to give some insight to uh, to a little bit of what you what you just brought down. I appreciate the call, man.
3: Yeah, I'm just glad to see uh, how you've changed your life around. We've always shared uh, for you, all of us Montanans. So it's, it's good to see you back on your feet.
4: Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Thanks for calling. Thanks, um. Hold first on of, a all, first hold of all, on, first hold of on all, first of all,
1: first. I mean, we're here with this, right? Yeah.
0: Three sixty between the legs shattered the backboard. Are
1: you shack! I make the backboard shatter. Fans what? shatter.
4: I want to say it was. It wasn't through the legs. It was wrapped around the body as I was spinning. Okay. Yeah. And and I shattered the the backboard.
1: Why is it that I've known you for a few years now? Not well, but we've talked a lot. Why? Is this the first time I'm hearing this? Like, if I ever shattered the backboard three seconds after meeting me, everyone would know, hey, TJ Jefferson, shattered the backboard in 95. Yeah, okay. that's true.
4: Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I I hadn't thought about that since – I hadn't thought about that until – How, he, Ryan? I, how? How? <laughs> you know, how? You
1: shattered the backboard. Uh, the,
4: and I didn't win the contest. A word? Oh Yeah. Wow. Did he
1: say the kid jumped over how? three people? Or was that a different contest? So this is a
4: different dunk contest. Okay. This is my this is the year before when I was a sophomore. We were uh, up at this celebr or this uh, all star basketball tournament, and we had the dunk contest. And I was up against a guy named J.R. Camel, who was it was about four inches, five inches shorter than me, but could had like a forty five inch vertical. Okay. And so I go up first, and I jump over two people. I bring two guys out, two players out from the crowd, put them down. I jump over them. Are through- they on all fours? No, they're sitting down. Oh, sitting. Okay. They're sitting down. So they're sitting uh, uh, cross-legged, and I jumped over both of them like like the Jordan one. I take out from just inside the free throw mm-hmm. line and dunk it, and place goes nuts, and JR kind of comes strolling out, and he tells me to sit down with those other <laughs> two guys, and yeah. I go, fine, all right, and I'll play along. I sit down. Not only does he jump over all three of us, but he does it with a 360 and slams it home, and that's, wow. that's how he won it. The one where I shouted the backward, I didn't win that one either. Um, I finally got over the hump at the Montana Wyoming All Star game for basketball, and I and I I did the rock the baby. I, I, it was the Jordan. I don't know if it, any of you guys follow when Jordan of course cups it in between his like uh, on his forearm yeah. and, just, and rocks, rocks it along the, the baseline and does it. And I did that one, and place went nuts. Uh, I got a I, I won a great uh, duffel bag with uh, <laughs> you know nineteen ninety. For slam dunk champion on it, so <laughs> that's dope, man. Um, I don't remember the rock picker's comment. I do remember running for two touchdowns in that game. By the way, uh, because we ran the option that they blew inadvertent whistles on when my fullback was tackled, and I went off for sixty five yards for a touchdown. <laughs> twice, twice.
0: Wait, they thought the fullback had the ball, so they both times blew the down. whistle.
4: I'm gone. I'm gone on both of them. Doesn't matter. No one's catching me anyway. I was gone. And they did it twice. There's real conspiracy theorists out there that we got screwed on that deal. Kind of sounds. Like it, it sounds like it. It was an interference call on one of our defenders late in the game too. We were the team to beat that season. Um, so uh, I do remember getting. Uh, and I'm a, I guess that was a quote in the paper. I don't. Where would I? I maybe. Rock pickers. I don't know where I would get that. I would that think of something wrong? else. I'd be like, maybe you know. I've heard of people saying, "Kick, go, kick rocks," yeah, yeah. right? Or, uh, or I, I think I, I, in that moment, I, I would have said something like, "You'll be, you'll be collecting my garbage." You know, that four years from now, like, I'll be in yeah. the NFL. I was pretty prophetic. Uh, I was in the NFL four years later. You are, um, <laughs> and I don't know if they were picking rocks or not. I would say they probably weren't, unless they were in jail.
0: Probably not. You know,
4: and then, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, don't you
1: have to like do side of the road work and stuff?
4: I, I think you you I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't asked to do that. <laughs> I was told I had to get a job while I was in there if I wanted to stay like in this what they would call an honor pod, mm-hmm. which allowed you to free access to, to like you had video games you could play. Oh. Uh and then they didn't lock the doors at night. Oh okay. So um and to to live in that pod you had to Uh, Have a job. And I remember I was so messed up in the head. I remember the the warden coming to me going, you know, Ryan, if you don't take a job, you're going to be booted out of the the honor pod. And I was just like, I don't care. I'm not working a a minute for you guys. I'm going to sit on my butt and watch TV and you guys are going to serve me. That's the way I thought I could win in that process. <laughs>
1: Didn't work like that, huh?
4: It did. It, yeah. Oh. I mean, they, they booted me out of it, which I thought was great. It wasn't doing me any favors, right? He wasn't doing me any favors with the other inmates, right? Everybody had to work their tail off to get into the honor pod, have good time for a long period of time. I showed up. He puts me in it immediately.
1: Oh, yeah, that's going to cause a crisis.
4: Right? So I'm like, yeah. you're not doing me any favors. I'm not going you know, to butter up to you in any way, shape, or form here. So, yeah, boot my, boot my butt out of here. I mean, I'm not doing anything, right? I, you know why I'm here, right? I want to die. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and I figured this is the, 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 the easiest place to get there. And so uh, he didn't fully understand that, that I wasn't like everybody else in terms of, like, I, I, I had no hope. Right, yeah. So it, it didn't matter. But no, there was no breaking rocks on the side of the road, I don't think. Uh, I don't think they let you in Montana leave the facility at any point. <laughs> but uh, appreciated Nate's call. Uh, very interesting. Um, I wish I would have asked his last name. I should remember that, right? I went up against him. Nate? Hmm. Yeah, t- Tweet us your name, Nate. Your rival, Nate, Nate yeah, rival. Tweet us your last name. So
0: He said he was big, 6'6", so he played yeah. end.
4: Yeah, he played defensive end, it sounds like.
0: And obviously a center. I imagine you guys were centers on the basketball team.
4: I wasn't. I was, I was guard. I played every position. I played guard most of the time, especially to open games. We ran this one play. I wore number five. It should have been the easiest thing if you watched any film. Like we opened like five of our games that senior year where I would just come down the court and hold up five, and I'd be the point guard, and we would run four four wide, and I would pop it out to an opposite guard, or a forward on the wing, and then the guy at the top of the key would just pick my man, and I'd roll by it, and we'd open the game with an alley-oop, and just smash it to start the game. We did it like five times <laughs> that crowd year. Crowd goes like, wild. Crowd goes wild. I we, mean,
0: home games, they just must have went nuts.
4: Went nuts, but the road ones were so much more fun, because the crowd was all excited, they were yeah. there to boo me, and, and everything like that, and then we'd just flush it with a dunk on an alley-oop to open it up, and I would just turn, and... Walk down the. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. What are you gonna do? What? That's. Huh? You know what? You, Stop
1: me. Did you? You sound a lot like uh, back in Altoona. There was a guy named Steve Tannehill who I went to high school with, and he went on to become South Carolina's quarterback. You yeah. know, and he he became big in the early '90s because back in that day he wore earrings and had a ponytail, which down in the South nobody had a ponytail. But in high school, Steve was that way. He was the man in football and basketball, and on the basketball court, I mean, people would just hate him because he was really good and he was really cocky. But the dude, like, he could do it all. And there would be times where, like, he'd be dri- he'd be dribbling in front of an opposing player, and he would stop his dribble and like clap in the dude's face, pull what? his dribble back. He would do stuff like you know, at Clemson when he played for South Carolina, he got famous. He threw a touchdown. He ran out to midfield and pretended to autograph. The Tiger Paw. He was doing this stuff in high school, dude. Like it was like he'd hit a three and break out the six shooters. Like Steve Hill was just pure like showboat and excitement. And it sounds kind of like when the opposing fans got you on the road, they hate, knew you were a big time quarterback and just hated you for it.
4: Well, they, I mean, I I, I love basketball more than I love football, right? I was and I thought I was a better basketball player than I was yeah. a football player. But uh, ultimately, when I got to college, Mike Price, who was the head coach, convinced me that. You know, playing basketball wasn't going to like I wasn't going to be able to do that as a job. Right. Yeah. And make and make a living at it. So um, I grew up with the Fab Five as my heroes. Right. Jalen Rose. is. Who See, I, as soon
1: since you said you were five, that was what thought.
4: That's why I wore five, because I wanted to be like Jalen Rose. Right. Okay. I cut my hair like it. I had wore gold shoes. I wore the baggy shorts and, and it wasn't it wasn't welcomed in my hometown of Great Falls. People didn't like it. Imagine they that. wanted you to be very good uh, and just kind of shut up and and do your job and be introverted. And I wasn't. And I'm, you know, I've talked about this many times. Getting out of that small town to make it big was something I hadn't seen anywhere. So if there's no, what's the next thing I see is is these you know young men playing at the University of Michigan who brought themselves to a, a place where uh, you know they were trendsetters. They were. Uh, 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 above their time. And, and I mean, I, I wanted to be Jalen Rose. I was a tall point guard, right? Yeah. And that's what I, I, I wanted to be. I wanted to be just like him. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's who I emulated, right? that's, that's And I competed. Because, they were culture changers. Yeah, the they were culture fat. changers, and it, it didn't fit in Montana. I, I made a comment here last time I was hosting around the draft that I'm the only Montana ever drafted in the NFL draft. I remember that. I found out differently. Oh. 1953. Ed Barker, drafted by the Los Angeles Rams, born and raised in Dillon, Montana. Found that out. 1953. So it's been, it's been some time, right? Um, 70 years now. Well, it's understandable that you may have overlooked Ed. Ed
0: Barker. Oh, yeah. Played <laughs> I want to thank
4: one of your listeners. or And I'm, I'm pretty sure he was trolling me when he did it. But he pointed it out. You know, he did some research and pointed it out for me. So.
1: <laughs> played um, for the Steelers in the, in the Washington football team.
4: I did not... Ryan,
1: he also went to Washington State. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, how did I not know that? That's right? amazing.
4: Right? Pathway to the NFL? In the if, you're from, if you're a Montanan? Washington, Washington State. State. everybody, Wazoo. All right. Washington State University. <laughs> Jake Dickert, you, you better put that on your recruiting uh, aspect when you're running through Montana there. All right. Great show. Um, yeah, a lot of fun today. Once again, lots of fun. Yeah. Um, Results from the poll question, Mr. Brockman? Yeah, I threw a bunch.
0: The big one here what's the most unbreakable single game NFL record? People are going with sacks, seven sacks in a game by Derek Thomas, 35%. Rushing yards, Adrian Peterson's mark of 296,
4: 34%. You know, rushing may be difficult, right? In this, the way the game is going these days, you know? Interesting. 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 Appreciate all the time with you guys, everybody that's listening out there. We'll see you tomorrow. Here on the Rich Eisen Show, I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll talk to you tomorrow.